You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Fired Up Pro Wrestling Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Soden. Each week, I kind of struggle with the intro to this podcast. Uh, I always end up going, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fired Up Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Soden. And each and every week, I can guarantee you, I will do about 16 takes of this and still end up on that single opening. Uh, It's a struggle. So before we jump into the outside of the ring news, I want to remind everyone to go visit the dailysmart.com. They have been gracious enough to post uh, this podcast on their podcast platform. Uh, they kind of cultivate all of the wrestling news into one single location, so it kind of makes it easier to get your daily wrestling news. Uh, you can visit the Apple Store or Google Store. Just search Daily Smart and you can get their app, which is amazing. Uh, or you can visit thedailysmart.com on your uh, browser, your desktop, laptop, whatever kind of thing you want to look at it on. All right, we're going to get into it, guys. This week, we saw the Straight Edge Society get another one for CM Punk. That's right. He had his loss uh, overturned against Mike Jackson at UFC 225 because Mike Jackson wasn't clean and sober. Clean and sober, clean and whatever, like CM Punk. Uh, Mike Jackson got popped for weed, so the win against CM Punk doesn't count, and CM Punk can mark one of those losses off that record. It's not doing much for Punk overall in uh, mixed martial arts. I think that uh, that's a dead end, but I guess it looks better on his Wikipedia. Uh, speaking of straight-ed society, uh, TMZ Sports broke the news earlier this week on Monday that Jimmy Uso was arrested for a DUI. Uh, he was arrested uh, Monday night in Florida. He blew a .205, which is a crazy number if you know anything about blood alcohol uh, levels. Uh, I am personally hoping that uh, Jimmy gets the help that he needs because clearly this pattern has followed him for quite some time. And it is a struggle to deal with alcoholism and whatever else he is dealing with day in and day out. Um, but on a brighter note, we're going to move on. With some other wrestling news, uh, July 23rd's edition of SmackDown will feature a split site broadcast. This means that SmackDown is going to la- air live from Cleveland, Ohio, insert the booze, and also from Miami at the Rolling Loud, uh, the Rolling Loud Festival. Uh, this is going to be an interesting mix. Uh, my guess is we see maybe Wale uh, bring out uh, Big E for a live performance since he'll be there that night. Uh, I'm not sure what else they have in mind. I know they have mentioned uh, it's only going to be two matches being performed in uh, Miami. Um, This week we saw Tommy End, uh, better known as Aleister Black, debuting Wednesday night for AEW. Black is now known as Malachi Black. Uh, He dropped a vignette on his Instagram earlier in the day uh, where he kind of explained the name change. Uh, Black was able to uh, escape the 90-day non-compete clause, which I feel um, I feel as though they were kind of hinting at 
in the vignette if you watch it back. Uh, he was able to escape it because there was an oversight when he was moved to the main roster, according to PW Insider. Uh, so he only had 30 days. This goes back to the rumors that uh, WWE was trying to bring Black back on their own. It's because they didn't want him being so fresh off uh, their programming on AEW. Clearly, that did not work for them. And we'll get more into uh, Black's debut on Dynamite in a little bit. Uh, speaking of Black, his wife, Zelina Vega, re-debuted for WWE this past Friday night. Uh, we'll get into that later on in the show. Uh, for now, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to discuss uh, Friday Night SmackDown. AEW Dynamite, Monday Night Raw, and of course, NXT. So lately I've been deciding to myself how I'm going to format the podcast more and more. I've been playing with things, moving things around, and I think going forward, I'm going to review the shows that I think from worst to best. That way you guys have to stick around and hear what the best show was. It's a little tactic we do in the show business, baby. Uh, so I'm going to start things off with Monday Night Raw, which will probably be the show that I often start things off with because it's often terrible. Uh, this week, it had its moments. It had its hits. It had its botches, as they say. Uh, we start things off with uh, a Miz TV segment with the Money in the Bank contestants. Uh, we get, of course, a little bit of uh, Riddle weed humor and not much else in this. Um, this eventually leads into the Ricochet versus John Morrison match. Um, these guys, they uh, they really do give it their all. There was that little weird dive spot. I'm not sure what they're trying to do. I do hope that these two get some time eventually down the road in a pay-per-view match to really kind of give it their all without the wonky finishes. Here we saw Miz in the wheelchair kind of um, get in Ricochet's way for a count-out uh, victory for John Morrison. Wheelchair Miz has been excellent. Then again, Miz is always excellent in my book. But the Wheelchair Miz has been kind of one of those um, cast-on-the-arm uh, Bob Orton kind of roles, and I really do appreciate it. We get a little uh, quick promo from the American badass Ginger Mahal, or I should say Canadian badass Ginger Mahal. Uh, he tells uh, everyone that uh, Drew McIntyre ain't returning his text messages. It's kind of sad. Um, we have Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Reggie in a little segment backstage, Alexa in the background, more of the nonsensical spookiness. Uh, we get a Naomi, Oscar, and Nikki Esh promo that is full on Saturday morning kids TV programming. Uh, we have Naomi, Oscar, Alexa, and Nikki versus Eva Marie, Dewdrop, Naya, and Shayna. The running squash that Dewdrop and Naya did on Oscar was pretty cool. It was a little bit of like a little turtle shell action. I like that. Uh, Naya won via the Simone drop. We had a little bit of uh, Alexa funny business. They keep doing this, and it keeps being on air. Uh, we have MVP and Bobby talking about uh, changing the match to a tag match. And later on tonight, it's no longer Xavier Woods versus Bobby Lashley. It's MVP and Bobby Lashley versus The New Day, which overall I think would be 
the better option here, but I did enjoy the Bobby Lashley-Xavier Woods Hell in the Cell match. Uh, more singles matches for Xavier Woods, if you ask me. Uh, we have uh, Mansoor, Mansoor, Mansoor versus Ali in Student vs. Teacher, or as I like to say, the Charlotte Rhea program just done with men. Uh, Ali wins after tricking Mansoor. Uh, eventually, we're going to see Mansoor lose his temper and eventually do the same tactics that Ali is doing to get a win over Ali. Yeah. Uh, we get another Drew McIntyre promo leading into his match against Jinder Mahal. These Drew McIntyre promos, I feel like someone's like, hey, how ridiculous can you get it? And Drew's like, don't worry, I'll get it. And he gets it there. He definitely gets it to the ridiculous level. Um, Drew versus Jinder. Is actually a really good match for TV. Uh, it eventually ends in a DQ when Jinder and company beat down Drew. Uh, Jinder runs to the back and steals Drew's steals Drew's sword that comes from the tooth of Nessie. Uh, kind of curious where they take this. I feel like maybe after Money in the Bank, the Jinder Drew program will kind of take off until Drew gets eventually moved to SmackDown in the roster uh, draft. Uh, we got a New Day promo, which is always entertaining. Uh, it's followed up by Lucha House Party versus T-Bar and Mace. Um, Lince's uh, outfit, the cane gear, is immaculate. Great. Uh, Lince has been definitely coming up second to the New Day as far as uh, gear goes. Um, Lucha House Party gets the upset win over T-Bar and Mace after getting their asses beat for uh, most of the match. Uh, I guess we're going to have this as kind of a, a lower card feud, tag team feud, to get... One of these two teams hot and ready for after the Viking Raiders and AJ Styles Amos match. Damian Priest and Matt Riddle promo is your average Matt Riddle promo. Um, funny to some. Some people, I guess. Uh, we have Riddle versus AJ Styles. Uh, we get the Karate Kid crane uh, spot from Matt Riddle, which is uh, the best spot in the match, I think. Uh, the Roy the Viking Raiders come out and distract AJ Styles and Amos, and Matt Riddle picks up the win. Uh, we get Charlotte Flair in the ring, and um, she's telling everybody about her bum leg after the chop block from Rhea. Uh, Rhea's music hits, and uh, one thing is for sure. Death taxes and Rhea getting that stomp in as she is also nursing a leg injury, but she's just faking, just like Charlotte would. Uh, if you're asking, have you heard this before? Yes, earlier in the night, we saw the same. I'm going to use your tactics to get to you. Feud. Uh, maybe they shouldn't have fired all of creative. Um, They battle with their crutches. Then we get, whew, we get... Uh, Jackson Riker and R-Truth versus Cedric Alexander and Elias. Uh, Tazawa ends up running out and being uh, being chased by a bunch of people trying to get the 24-7 title. R-Truth eventually follows, so it is going to be Jackson Riker in a handicap match, except that Elias walks out as well because he doesn't want to face Jackson Riker again. And then Riker pins Cedric Alexander because why are we pushing Cedric Alexander anymore? Ah, uh, we get the announcement for next week when the fan when I believe when the fans are back. Uh, John Morrison versus Ricochet Falls Count Anywhere match. Humberto versus Sheamus for the U.S. title, and we get Eric versus Amos and uh, uh, almost his single debut and AJ versus Ivar, uh, and then the show ends with Bobby and MVP versus New Day. New Day end up, ends up taking the win in a pretty solid overall tag team match. Not much to write home about with Raw uh, when we return. The next best show.
back with the second worst show of the week, or if you're an optimistic person, the third best show of the week. Uh, it's AEW Dynamite. We start things off with Cody uh, versus QT Marshall in a strat match. I hope this is the last strat match I ever have to watch. QT gets the jobber entrance. Of course, it's a Cody versus match, so we get blood. Uh, we get a little theatrics with with the lights out. Uh, we get a little grotesque spinning from QT Marshall because, hey, the pandemic's over, am I right? Uh, and then Cody hits three crossroads, hits each corner, and Cody wins, hopefully burying this feud forever. And I mean forever. All these Codyverse guys, dark. Don't want to see him anywhere else, except Anthony Agogo. He can come back and start punching guys in the, the gut. Uh, we get a Sean Spears promo uh, where Sammy Guevara hits him with a chair because Sean Spears wasn't staring directly in that direction for him not to see Sammy Guevara throwing a chair at his face. Uh, I guess we're going to see the Sammy feud pivot to Spears now that his time with MJF is over. We get the segment of the night. Kenny Omega comes out. Don Callis is out there talking about we ain't got no one else left to face. There's no one. Insert the Dark Order. By the way, Evil Uno in this position is incredible. I really I really like his voice, the way he delivers. Excellent. He uh, he lets it be known. They got someone left. Um, eventually, uh, it's a all-out brawl because it is AEW. Uh, Hangman Page makes the save. Gives the business to the Good Brothers. Eventually, he squares off with, hang, um, with Kenny Omega. And we get the tease. We get to tease about what's going to happen. Uh, we follow this up with an Ethan Page and Darby Allen sit-down interview because for two guys that have a blood feud, why wouldn't they just sit down and chat it up with good old JR? By the way, JR is god-awful in this segment. Uh, he's god-awful on commentating, too, that, uh, during this whole show, but he's especially god-awful here. Uh, Should have just put Tony in the position. Uh, we're going to get the coffin match next week. Um... I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I want to see Ethan Page do um, all the violence that he can to Darby Allen. Uh, I'm all for this match. Um, we get the three-way, uh, not the three-way, the six-man tag match. Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hager versus FTR and Wardlow. We got Conan in um, the Inner Circles corner and Tully Blatchard in the Pinnacles corner. Santana looks in fantastic shape to start this off. Uh, we get... The distraction from Tolly uh, eventually leads to a big rig on Wardlow for the pin. Uh, overall, it was a pretty good uh, tag team match. Uh, Conan comes in and hits Wardlow with an eight ball. Uh, awesome little spot. Wardlow no-sells it. Tolly comes in with a chop block, and Pinnacle makes their way out of there. We get the announcement that next week, John Moxley will be returning out of nowhere. Bend his eye WPG United States title against Carl Anderson. I do like him defending the United States title on AEW. It gives him something to do without being in the world title picture. Uh, I'm sure Carl Anderson will be a fine match for him. He had a pretty good run in New Japan when he wasn't doing the good brother shtick. Uh, we get MJF and Jericho in a standoff. And I want to start this off with Jericho get a little Botox. What's going on with that forehead, buddy? going on those eyes just look a little off no wrinkles i get it man you're older you don't want to 
you really you really especially don't want to let it go Jericho we all know that uh so a fan tried getting in the ring uh he got a quick shot uh Jericho got a quick shot at him I should say and then they dragged his ass off uh we're gonna get a labor of Jericho match kind of built off uh Greek mythology um Jericho agrees to the match there's a lot of yo mama jokes kind of in this childish humor uh, eventually, uh, the Judas effect is hit on uh, MJF, and uh, we move on. Uh, Jericho obviously is going to face the pinnacle, and then at the end, MJF is going to challenge him for his career. Jericho is going to lose, and he's going to join the commentary team to uh, get wasted all show long with JR. Uh, we got the Britt Baker promo. Very, very interesting promo from Britt Baker. We got a couple uh, interesting lines, most mostly the blood money and Saudi line. It's... Uh, It's a good shot at WWE because your owner does not at all have business in Saudi Arabia at all. But hey, we're all pointing fingers for the moral high ground. Uh, We got an Andrade uh, debut, wrestling debut, I should say, on Dynamite versus Matt Seidel. Uh, I like the tribute to Black Mask. Uh, He did it um, pretty, uh, pretty well. Um, it's interesting if he's going to wear a mask to the ring uh, and do a whole suit and tie thing. I feel like I've seen it before somewhere. Uh, maybe on the Fight Network, Monday nights, starting around 7 o'clock. I don't know. Check it out. Anyway, um, I hated the picture-in-picture during Andrade's wrestling debut for uh, for Dynamite. It uh, kind of takes away a little bit from it. Uh, I know some people were kind of dismissive about them going 50-50, but Seidel is ranked at top five. It is also Matt Seidel. He does have some name value to him. Why they would just have Andrade job him out doesn't make sense to me. Also, I want to point out that Matt Seidel has been on a low-key, pretty good run. Uh, His dark stuff, his dynamite stuff, it's all been really, really, really good. Um, I don't want to call it the run of his career, but it is a good... um, kind of on the other side of the fence run that he's having. Uh, Andrade wins. After the match, he puts Seidel in a submission kind of thing with his belt. It was very kinky. Uh, and then then we get Arn Anderson in the ring with Tony Schiavone, and no one knows why. Then the lights go out again. The mystery of lights going out. And who do we have? We have Tommy End, or now known as Malachi Black. Uh, he hits uh, what was called the Black Mass Arn uh, Arn Anderson, and then Cody Rhodes comes out, and he gets one too. Uh, I'm assuming that Malachi's first feud in AEW will be with Cody Rhodes. Hopefully, hopefully, let's all pray together, guys. A little prayer circle. Hopefully, this means the end of the QT Marshall factory feud with Cody Rhodes. No more strat matches. No more dark guys on dynamite. No more, no more Aaron Solo. No more. No more. Let's all pray together, guys. Uh, we get uh, a video package from earlier in the day uh, with Ricky Starks. He brought out some security. Talked a little trash to Brian Cage. Uh, Taz came out. Hobbs was out there. Hook was out there. I'm kind of looking forward to this whole Team Taz thing being a bit disbanded. Leave Taz with Hobbs and Hook. Make Maybe make them a tag team. I'm all for it. Uh, but yeah, Ricky Starks killed it on the mic. Uh, the security thing was a nice touch, and I can't wait to see Ricky Starks go to his um, 
full ability in AEW. Uh, we get the uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, Chris Statlander versus Bunny and the Blade match. Uh, a lot of teasing about intergender matches. Clearly, um, clearly, JR does not want to see any, any intergender stuff at all. Disgusted, absolutely disgusted during the entire match when it was at le- even even hinted at. Uh, the 451 by Stat was beautiful. The knuckle, uh, brass knuckle spot, that was uh, messed up. I like that little touch. Uh, Chris picking up the win um, was pretty good. Uh, I thought that we were going to see the return of the Butcher here. He's been kind of hinting that he's ready and back and healthy. Uh, We will see where this goes. Uh, We get a little presentation, a little backstage segment from early in the day of Jungle Boy getting a nice little uh, trophy. It led to nothing. Uh, And then we have Dan Lambert from America Top Team cutting a little bit of a promo in the ring about how... How god-awful wrestling is these days. It was a, a an ode to the Jim Cornette, if you will. It was a good segment. Uh, good promo from him. I'm not sure why they had Lance Archer come out and be the AEW guy, the rah-rah guy, but they had that. Uh, if it was me, personally, I would have had Eddie Kingston come out, nail him a little bit with, uh, with a couple punches, knock his ass out, and then insert the final match of Eddie Kingston and Penta versus the Young Bucks in a street fight for the AEW Tag Team Titles. Whew. I had to just let out that sigh because this match, this, this match, uh, it had its moments. I'm not going to take that away. It was about a 15-minute match, I would say, at the end of the night. The crowd was hot. Why so many interferences? Why are we still doing this? We don't need the Good Brothers. We don't need Cutler. We don't need Kazarian. We don't need any of these guys. We don't need them to interfere in this match. While I'm not the biggest Young Bucks fan, people loved them. The crowd was into them. You had Eddie Kingston. You had Penta. Both really over guys in this match. You didn't need to add all of this nonsense. You could have just had a street fight. You brought out the tax. That was nice. Penta hit a destroyer through a table. Okay. It was going well. And then you just muddled the waters again. Just just the way of AEW. Muddy waters for all these feuds. Muddy, muddy, muddy. Gang warfare everywhere you go. Uh, let's see. I liked the uh, the spot with the 450 or Knox to stop the count. Um, like I said, the Good Brothers came out. There was a powerbomb from Kaz on Cutler. Then the Good Brothers destroyed Cutler. It just, overall, it, it felt over, overdone. Um, I like the tax spots. I like putting the tax in Kingston's mouth and hitting the super kick. All great stuff. The, I can keep saying this till I'm blue in the face, but we don't need run-ins all the time. We don't need everyone from their friend group, their team, their crew to run out every single match. I get the Bucks or the Heels, but we didn't need, what was it, four different run-ins for their side alone? We didn't need that. If you have the Good Brothers come out and then Kaz cut them off, sure, maybe, what not. But we don't need it all, always. It's constant, it's overkill, especially in such a quick match. 14 minutes and we have one, two, like six people interfering? Six people interfering? We need that? I don't think so. No. So, AEW, Tony Khan. I know Bully Ray's out there wondering about Tornado tag team matches and what the refs are doing. Let's let's let him be. Let's talk about interference. Why? Why do we need it? Why? 
I'm going to leave you guys with that for AEW Dynamite. And when we come back, what show will I pick next? the second best show of the week the third least worst show of the week i don't know i forget where we're at but it's smackdown guys and we start things off with edge in the ring giving us a little recap of the avengers endgame because he clearly just watched it uh this leads us back to paul Heyman and jimmy uso in the back it looks like there's no roman reigns tonight folks or is there we'll find out later uh electric elias plays out nakamura we get biggie King Nak Amora versus Corbin and Apollo Crews. Ooh, Baron Corbin's hairline is looking something fine, folks. It looks god awful. Midway through the match, uh, Corbin's car gets repossessed. Uh, really wish it was the Repo Man um, or Big DS. Um, Big E hits him with the big end uh, due to distraction, and the, uh, that team picks up the win. Find the further the Baron Corbin storyline and give Big E, uh, Nakamura, and Apollo Crews a little something to do in the meantime. I would get a Bailey in ring promo where she's playing up the whole uh, mental uh, game. Bianca comes out, challenges Bailey to an I quit match at Money in the Bank. Uh, I'm going to assume this is the blow off match for these two, and uh, I can't wait to see it. Um, I believe it's the second. Uh, female-led I Quit match in WWE history, so it should be something nice. We cue to another uh, Jimmy Uso and uh, Paul Heyman backstage segment. Not really adding much to it, uh, just that, uh, you know, Jimmy's going to call out Edge. Uh, This leads us to Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn in a last-man-standing Money in the Bank qualifying match. Uh, The -the off-the-top turnbuckle into the table stack was nice. Um... Once again, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens just put on great matches. Uh, this is probably my second favorite match from this week. Uh, the first one you'll find out in a little bit. Uh, KO picks up the win after a callback from his heel turn by hitting Sami Zayn with an apron powerbomb. Uh, then we get Edge backstage talking about how he knows he's going to get jumped, but he's going to do what he's got to do. Uh we have a Baron Corbin and Electric Elias backstage segment that sucked. Uh, Sonya comes out. Sonya Deville comes out and says she's going to make another Women's Money in the Bank announcement. And the next participant in the Money in the Bank match will be Zelina Vega. She's returning. Um, it was interesting. Uh, her getup was uh, very, you know, cosplayist like you would expect. Uh, she starts cutting a little promo. Liv Morgan comes out pretty upset. Liv Morgan is keeps getting, you know, denied her chance to be in the Money in the Bank match. So, uh, of course, it's Liv Morgan versus Selena Vega for kind of a, a prove-it match. Again, for Liv Morgan, who wins the match. It was pretty quick. A little roll-up for Liv, and she wins. Um, I'm assuming she's going to be the last person. Or they're not going to put her in there. She's going to go batshit crazy. And we're going to get that full Harley Quinn persona that she's been teasing for the better part of two years. Uh, We get uh, a Seth Rollins backstage segment with Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce. 
It's announced that Seth Rollins will be facing Cesaro next week for a Money in the Bank qualifier match. I'm assuming Seth doesn't win that, and Cesaro wins it, gets in there, and this enrages Seth even more. Ah, we get Otis versus Angelo Dawkins. Otis absolutely destroys Dawkins. It's pretty quick. Um, Not much really to that. I feel like they're just waiting time for Montez Ford to return from his injury. I would assume when they go to a live crowd, eventually at that point, we will see Montez Ford return. Uh, Jimmy and Paul once again doing another little uh, backstage segment uh, leading to Jimmy coming out to the ring and calling out Edge. Edge beats the absolute breaks off of Jimmy Uso. Beat that man till there was nothing left to beat. Went in, broke up a chair, got the little hard piece from the chair, put that bad boy right in his mouth. You know, pro wrestling's a little kinky that way. Put that that bar in Jay Uso's mouth, and that man was screaming the safe word, but Edge wasn't done. He wasn't there yet. But that's how we end SmackDown. It was a quick show. No Roman Reigns, so it it lacked that star power that you would expect. The Sammy KO match was really good, but overall, it wasn't as good as NXT's Great American Bash, which when I return, we'll discuss. back to discuss the best show of the week which had the best match of the week which had everything you would want it was it was a star-studded event it truly was uh nxt's great american bash started off with the tag team title match the men's tag team title match i should say we had msk who's starting to get some booze from the cwc crowd odd i know and then they put those bad boys up against timothy thatcher and tomasa champa this this was a great match. Um, they certainly left enough on the table for a rematch down the line. Um, MSK picked up the win after these two teams just destroyed one another. Uh, they did the earned your respect, didn't earn your respect kind of thing. I like the way that they played that. Uh, it was a great opener for the show. They followed this up with an in-ring segment with uh, Samoa Joe, William Regal, Carrying uh, Cross and Johnny Gargano. They announced next week Johnny Gargano will wrestle Carrying Cross for the NXT Heavyweight Title. Johnny was just going full annoying little brother. It was uh, brilliantly done. Carrying Cross is a hundred percent dropping that title next week to Joe to Johnny, uh, and then moving on up to the main roster because it almost feels exactly like the Bronson Reed situation from the week before. Uh, this led us to LA Knight. Versus Cameron Grimes. If LA Knight wins, Cameron Grimes becomes his Virgil. If Cameron Grimes wins, he gets the million dollar title. Um, of course, this was a, a solid follow up to the ladder match. I don't think it was as good as the ladder match or had the same umph to it, but it was a solid match overall. LA Knight wins. Cameron Grimes this is going to be his butler. And I asked the question. Since Ted DiBiase had Virgil, does L.A. Knight now have Cody? Hmm. 
Uh, we got the contestants for the NXT Breakout Tournament. It's going to be in somewhat of a spoiler since there are matches on 205 Live this Friday. Uh, Odyssey Jones, Trey Baxter, Carmelo Hayes, Josh Briggs with a terrible haircut, uh, Duke Hudson, Andre Chase, Joe Gacy, Eichmann Juro, and next week we will see Juro versus Hudson, formerly known as Brendan Vink. Uh, in a match for this tournament on NXT. Uh, this led us to the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. Zoe Stark, Miss Boring herself, and Io Shirai versus The Way, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell. Uh, overall, this was probably the the downer of the night as far as matches goes. It uh, It lacked a little bit, but what it lacked... We got back when Tegan Knox uh, came back in her best Raven cosplay. She uh, she eventually beat the brakes off of Candice. Uh, and the distraction of Tegan Knox returning was enough for Io and Zoe to get the win. Um, and they have become the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. I'm assuming this is going to lead to Io and Zoe uh, facing Raquel and Dakota down the line. Um, part of that whole storyline. Not sure what goes on there. I guess we get uh, maybe maybe a Zoe heel turn. Who, who knows? But it's probably leading to that down the line. Uh, we had Tony Storm spotting. It's always nice to see young Tony Storm. Uh, she denied Saray her match. That's not going to happen allegedly. Uh, next week we will see Saray in action. So who knows who she's facing? Um. But yeah, Tony Storm kind of, you know, does her little healness. Uh, we get a Hit Row uh, North American Championship Celebration Cypher. It was something. Um, something. And then that leads us to Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, part two in NXT. This was my match. I mean, just go back. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch this match, match of the week. Hands down. Kyle O'Reilly takes the L here. Adam Cole picks up the win. They're one and one in NXT. I imagine TakeOver, we see some sort of rubber uh, match. Um, These two really tore it down. I would put this at the third best Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole match I have ever seen. uh, NXT would be number two. But it was a great match, great show. Everything flowed wonderfully. Uh, next week, when we get Karrion Cross on out of here, and probably to Raw, hopefully, things will be even smoother. I'm excited for the breakout tournament. I'm excited to see what happens with Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. That's a lie. I'm excited to see the grime spots as the butler. That should be some fun segments. Everything that happened at Great American Bash felt like the start to a restart, and I'm honestly looking forward to what NXT has to offer in the coming weeks and months. Um, that's it. That's it for the show. Uh, as always, go follow me on Twitter at Daniel Soden if you don't already. Uh, also, follow the Fired Up podcast um, at Fired Up Podcast. Uh, there's a couple other uh, podcasts out there that you should check out. Um, they're pr- they're put out every week. Uh, we got some Giants ones, some Broncos ones, some betting one. Just go check them out, guys. They're they're great. 
and once again, a big thank you to the Daily Smart Mark for giving me all my wrestling news in one easy location. Uh, Till next week, guys, have a good one.